0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to my podcast. I am so excited to be here. My name is Lizzie. I am here to talk about intuitive eating. Oh my gosh, my little microphone. So sorry about the noise you're about to hear. I am here to talk about intuitive eating, diet culture, everything, all of it, everything that falls under that umbrella of like diet culture. disordered eating, eating disorders, not a lot about eating disorders themselves as I am not a medical professional. I am in no way, shape or form, uh, qualified to speak to diagnosed eating disorders, um, beyond my very brief experience. Um, I wanted to kick this very first episode off with my own personal eating disorder, not eating. Oh my God. Intuitive eating journey. I have taken what feels like a lifetime to reach a place where food freedom feels truly achievable. So I'll just start with some backstory. In my home, as I grew up, we were a family that was, I don't want to say controlled, but it felt, as I look back, it felt like we were controlled by fad dieting. I mean, my parents just doing the best that they could, they really were in a time where there wasn't a societal awareness about diet culture. You know, there wasn't a group of people that were sitting here like, hold on, this is a multi-billion dollar industry and this is a problem. We are being swindled and tricked and we are being sold products that are not real. That wasn't, I mean, as far as I remember, that wasn't really happening yet. So it was the age of Jenny Craig, Nutrisystem, Hydroxycut, um, the Mediterranean diet, the Flat Belly Diet. There, I know there was others they did. Um, there was a couple other like, low-carb, high-protein things that they did. One in particular, I can't remember. Oh, the South Beach Diet, that one, whatever that was, to my parents. Obviously, they were just doing literally the best that they could do or knew how to do. And they were buying into this idea of, if I commit to this system, I will have my life back, I think is how they felt in a lot of ways. They both, you know, I I guess my mom wasn't very athletic, but my dad was very athletic. And it was always really hard for him that he hadn't maintained his body in the way that it was in high school, as many of us struggle with. So in my household, we were either all eating this fad diet way and not necessarily when they did like Jenny Craig where they shipped the food to your house. I I don't really know what I ate. I'm sure my mom just cooked regular food or something. And my mom made a lot of meals. I mean, she cooked so much of my childhood. I don't exactly remember what she cooked, but I know it was pretty typical like some sort of protein, a uh, grain or like a carbohydrate a vegetable, you know, whatever, normal stuff. Uh, but there was this real focus on like what diet they were doing. I mean, my mom even got, um, selective surgery to put a rubber band around her stomach, the lap band surgery to help her lose weight. And that was a lot of a lot of what I saw growing up is we were either eating McDonald's or we we weren't eating anything out. We weren't eating any quote, bad foods, which that's a whole nother podcast in and of itself is the morality of food and the way we call them good and bad foods Or puberty. I get hips, I get boobs, I get all these things that the people around me, my age did not have yet. And I was devastated, I hated it, I didn't want them. I would sob in the dressing rooms of stores because I didn't fit in junior-sized clothing anymore when I was 12. And to me, all that could have meant was that I was a failure. I was wrong, something was wrong with me, I was bad, I was ugly, and I was fat. Like, that was my (laughs) interpretation, which how freaking sad that that was my understanding of, of my own body coming into womanhood was that that was bad and I was fat. But I didn't really do anything about it at that point. I didn't really try dieting. I didn't really – for all the exposure that I had to dieting, I didn't really understand dieting, if that makes sense. I didn't know. I was like, well, what, what should I eat? What shouldn't I eat? I didn't, I didn't think about it yet. Um, that was to come. Flash forward a few years, I'm in high school, you know, I went to private school, um, but that sounds very privileged of me. I was a very privileged kid, absolutely, 100%, and my parents had me in a private Christian school, and there was like 20 kids in my class total, and, and I went there from preschool to high school, and I only talk about this, um, Now because it really impacted my worldview. Um, I believe completely different ideology now not to be polarizing But that's how it is and that my worldview my scope of the world was so small I mean there was like nine girls in my class and then like The older kids there were girls in those classes, too But like that was it that was my understanding of, of the world So come to a public high school my world just opened up like crazy opened up and I learned basically about dieting, and my parents decided to go on one last diet or whatever and get a personal trainer, and we would let him be our, I guess, nutritionist. I don't know. Um, And so we did it. We worked out three times a week. It might have been two to start with. We worked out twice a week for an hour, and... We ate lean chicken breast, brown rice, and plain vegetables. That's what we ate, and salad, so much salad. Every day for lunch, I would eat the, excuse me, the quote, healthy sandwich from Subway. I would get it on wheat bread, I'd have the ham, I'd only have mustard, no mayonnaise, mayonnaise had fat in it, Um, and all the vegetables. And that's what I ate every day, and it worked out really intensely. And I did cardio on the days that I wasn't lift, you know, doing core workouts. And I lost weight. I like lost a lot of weight. Um, My body significantly changed. I'm pretty short, so I don't really have anywhere to go but out or in. Um, But my curves are always still there. So all of a sudden, I had this body that I desperately wanted. And I was 16 and I had curves and I was voluptuous. I might have been 17. I don't really remember which was all, I guess, fine and dandy. Obviously, if I could go back, I don't think I would have headed down this road of dieting. But from what I could tell at the time, everything was fine. What really, to me, is the most problematic part of my experience is the way that the people around me began to respond to me. The way that before, I mean, I knew people, they knew me. All of a sudden, people knew me. They saw me. They looked at me. I was gaining this attention that, I mean, I love attention. Who? I mean, in some regard, who doesn't? Obviously, there's people who who don't like to be the center of attention. I was not one of those people. I'm probably still not one of those people. I love when people notice me, and all of a sudden, I had the ticket. I had the big butt, the curves, the blonde hair, the makeup, you know, you name it. I was transforming into it. I wore skirts every day and outfits that hugged my body. I, I had a, a, a job at the time so I could go out and buy whatever new, cheap, tight clothing I wanted. I, I did it. I was there. And of course, you know, you get to call it. And I, was, I got addicted. That's a big part of this part is I got addicted to that feeling of people noticing my body. I freaking loved it so much. I craved it, I sought it out, I wanted it, it was so important to me. Which like, I am a believer in like flaunt what you got, like if you're confident, if you wanna show yourself, show yourself. If you don't, then don't. Like be who you are, point blank, period. But at the time, the only way I felt that I could do that was if I was, quote, thin, or the right type of curvy. Flash forward to college. And a new relationship. Well, new relationship energy, I mean, we ate calzones day in and day out. I mean, you're in love. You just eat whatever. I mean, that's fairly common. You gain weight in a relationship, you gain weight when you go to college. I mean, I had the biggest food point plan and I loved it. And I started to gain weight. At first, like, not a, you know, from what I could tell, I was still fine. I was still very confident. But about six months into this relationship that I was in, I nope, that's not right, a year, I don't know, I had looked in the mirror, and I was like, oh, shit, I'm like, I don't like this, so the way that I handled that was I, for at the time, a multiple, a multitude of reasons went vegan, not just vegan, I went the YouTube, not a medical professional, don't know what the heck they're talking about, Not supplementing B12, eating outrageous amounts of smoothies and fruits and potatoes, YouTube, veganism. Not good. I mean, I thought I felt great. I was super thrilled about it. I took, you know, seven months and I got my quote body back. And I felt great. And I left this relationship that wasn't healthy for me. And I, you know, a short time later found the love of my life the person i would grow to marry and i brought her on board with this vegan stuff and i stopped eating the extremely quote clean way i was eating and just started to eat more just like vegan whatever and eventually i realized like i i couldn't maintain it i couldn't stay vegan i didn't feel good i realized i was using it as a as a as a control mechanism, I was using it so I didn't have to deal with my, like, problem foods, which, you know what, I'm just speaking out of my experience. So I may not use all the correct, you know, anti-diet culture terminology, or I may not be painting things in the way that are the most appropriate. All I can do is speak out of my experience, and hopefully someone can reach out and educate me about something that I could say better in the future. I know there's a risk when you Uh, Recording a podcast and you're just talking, you know, I have talking points, but I don't I don't have a script I'm just telling this story out of Where I was at that time So if I say something like super offensive or like super triggering or super icky or maybe I shouldn't say it that way Tell me let me know I will correct myself as I move forward I'm not somebody who thinks that I know everything or anything. I am one person Okay, moving on So I stopped being vegan And I was like, I'm just gonna eat what feels right. Well, about a week into that, I was like, I'm gonna gain a lot of weight, I'm going to get fat, and this isn't okay. I needed a new thing, I needed a new diet obsession, I needed the fix. Lo and behold, all the rage keto, the ketogenic diet, oh my gosh, it's a miracle. And all the food, there was keto at the time was all the food I hadn't eaten in like two years. All I wanted was sausage. All I wanted was bacon. All I wanted was eggs. All I wanted was cheese, all this food that I'd been restricting. And like, I so love veganism. I wish I could be vegan. I don't think it's healthy for me at this point. Um, Check out Abby Sharp on YouTube, Abby Sharp with a P at the end. She is a registered dietitian in Canada. And she talks about why she can't go vegan. It kind of deals with her battle with orthorexia. And I think it's fabulous. I think it really sums up really well. Also, just her whole channel is wonderful. Um, But it really gives this good picture of of why she just can't claim to be fully vegan. And I I don't think at this place I could could either. I think it's environmentally wonderful. I think it's great for the animals. Um, But I had to put myself first, and I still have to do that right now. Anyway, back on track, I went keto right out of the gate. I mean, I stopped being vegan a week later. I, I'm keto. This is it. I've done it. Well, about a month, a month and a half doing keto, I just had these like strong, intense cravings for non-keto food, specifically fruit. This should have been like a bl- a like, glaring red flag. but it wasn't. I was like, I'm craving fruit. I can't have fruit. It's not keto, whatever. And I stopped being keto. And I just am like, I don't care. It's the holiday season. I don't care. I mean, I ate whatever, whenever, didn't matter. But still kind of, I, I you know, I don't really remember. It's all kind of a blur that period of time. I don't think I was truly like seeking food freedom. I think I was still pretty restrictive in what I was eating. I just don't remember. Um, well, come the new year, I'm going to do keto again. I've got it right this time. I'm ready. or really prepared for it and I I was going to do it. All the while that this stop being vegan journey, starting keto, stopping keto is going on, my very dear friend of mine was um, in eating disorder treatment. I mean, we called it CAMP. I think it made us, made her feel better about calling it CAMP. I don't know. I don't remember how that got started, but it was a day program that she went to every day to deal with her um, eating disorder. And you know, we talk about it pretty substantially. And she was so gracious to all of my like diet culture bullshit. And she tried to drop these subtle hints of like what she was learning and how she was recovering and in recovery with her eating disorder and food freedom. And she just started planting these little seeds in my head. Looking back now, a lot of seeds. At the time, I just was like, that's great. I'm so glad this is working for you yada yada well so flashback to you know new year's january 1st new year's resolution i said okay i'm going to do keto from january to june i'm committed i'm going to do it i'm going to commit to it and do it and then if i still if i don't want to do it anymore in june i'm not going to do it i was like okay doing it till june here we go it lasted a month and by i was really strong quote, strong. That's so silly. I was really, um, gung-ho about it the first two weeks, like I generally am with a new fad diet. If you hear background noises, I have an animal that's trying to scratch up something right now. Oh my gosh. And a dog and a baby. So there's a lot happening in this room. Noises this are settling. We'll see. This month goes by and I'm just I mean I'm destroyed I'm like I I can't do this I'm never going to achieve thinness I can't stick to a diet I can't eat healthy like I can't eat moderately like all I could do was be on a very restrictive fad diet or eating McDonald's for every meal or Taco Bell for every meal because those are my they I guess they were my vices Um, and I had a lot of emotional dependence on food of course I mean Look at our food history. Look at our diet culture. Look at society. Yeah, we all have a weird dependence. Not all. <laughs> we, most of us have a dependence on food of some sort. <clears throat> and so I talked to my friend and I was like, I don't, I don't know what to do. Like I'm, I'm screwed. I don't, I, don't, I don't know what I'm doing wrong here. And she very kindly directed me to some sources. I got on Instagram. Instagram was a great kind of surprisingly to me Instagram was a great place to find intuitive eating and food freedom sources I have always felt like so much of Instagram is for clout you know or not for clout but like for notoriety for thinness for uh healthy meal prep and diets and keto and veganism and yada yada and everybody posting their skinny pictures and I didn't have those anymore but I found so many people that really just started to, I started to see pictures and positive reinforcement of like, food is not moral. You're not good or bad for eating a salad or a brownie. Like We have created this hierarchy or this this value system based on, uh, quote, self-discipline. Do you have the discipline to not eat the brownie? Well, you know what? Our brains start to go into... I don't know how to explain it very well. I should have written it down. But basically, like, the more you say, don't eat the brownie, don't eat the brownie, don't eat the brownie, the more your brain's, like, feeling mentally restricted, which makes your body feel like it's going into survival mode, and it's like, eat that brownie, eat that brownie, eat that brownie. And instead of, like, being like, hmm, I want a brownie, I'm going to eat a brownie, for me, I would be like, don't eat the brownie, don't eat the brownie. I'm gonna eat 15 brownies, but you know, like that's what would happen to me instead of just being like, I mean the brownie and I move on, or like wants a brownie, right? This is a lot of pictures that's on there. And it's like an intuitive eating way or food freedom style is like you want the brownie, eat the brownie, or check in with your body and, and, and make that decision. And then the like quote diet culture kind of aspect of it is like wants brownie. Eats an apple instead, eats blueberries instead, eats piece of toast instead, eats a rice cake, finally gives it and eats the brownie. So you've you've eaten all these things, like trying to make it so you don't want the brownie, but at the end of the day, like you still eat the brownie. So you have to find this balance of like, how do I, a huge thing, how do I, how do I navigate through these feelings and this food? And a huge thing that my friend always would come back to is, and I guess it's something that they practiced in treatment and that really works for her and honestly really works for me is, basically legalize all food. Make give permission to eat all food. Don't cut anything out. Do not restrict anything. And that's what I did. I said, "Okay, I I can't I can't diet anymore. I have to give myself permission. I have to legalize all food." And I did. So from the beginning of February to now, the middle of August, I have the I have legalized all food. There's been guilt, there's been shame, there's been weight gain, there's been joy, there's been freedom, there's been satiation, there's been me falling in love with food again and, and genuinely being able to eat foods that I used to feel so shameful for without shame, without guilt, just, oh my gosh, to enjoy a piece of pizza with nothing, no strings attached, was just incredible in this though i i gained weight like i did like i gained a lot of weight like the most weight i've ever gained um because i had to allow myself to eat high calorie foods i mean i had to allow myself to eat oreos and chocolate and pizza and all in fast food as whenever i wanted it i said if i want it i am going to allow myself to have it because i had to show my body i'm not restricting you anymore you don't have to this isn't your last meal. Don't worry. It's gonna be here whenever you want it. I really had to go through that to trust and and to not you know start to feel mentally restricted if I was like, you know what? I yes, I really want that brownie right now, but like I've already eaten like four other things and I don't really have a stomachache. So let's just wait and it will be there tomorrow. And like my body like doesn't love like my body loves that answer, but like my I guess my like soul or whatever didn't love that answer because it started to feel like, you're not going to give it to me. You're going to restrict me. And I don't, I don't know what to expect because you keep changing the game on us. Like i just kept, my body could not depend on me for any sort of like food consistency because for a month it was low carb, high fat, like an extreme amount of low carb. So it's like, what do we do with all of these carbs? And like, when is the next time you're going to give us carbs or something? And It it was just this vicious cycle, and I had to really, you know, I kind of think of it like I had to gain the trust back of my body. Like, I had to put in the work so it, it could trust me again, and that I could trust my body. I had to learn to trust that, like, we have internal regulating systems that really can handle this. I had to teach my body to, okay, if we're hungry, let's eat. If we're full, then let's stop. But if I feel hungry, it's okay to eat. My body will figure out the right amount of calories, which a calorie is just energy. It is not a moral value. And I ate. And I and I overate quite a bit. I would eat past the point of fullness quite a bit. Just because I I could. <laughs> like I was I wasn't feeling guilty for the foods that I was eating, and that was literally glorious for me. But as time went on, so I did this for about six months, right? It's been about seven months now. So really in the last month, I, I really got to a place where I was like, okay, I trust my body, uh, but I feel like shit all the time. Like I legitimately feel like shit. Um, I was eating pretty much only fast food, delicious when I ate it. Uh, my stomach hated me for it. My body, I felt so low energy. I mean, I just did not feel good. And so back to my friend I go. I mean, I literally talked to her every day. It's not like I went, and I basically told her, um, does what does what intuitive eating say about like, what do you do when you feel like shit from everything you eat? And like, how do you balance that without, um, restricting? And I don't even remember like what the conversation was, but whatever it was, I'm sure it was like, it's okay to eat nutritious foods too. Like it's okay to, to, you know provide your body with like genuine fuel that it needs and to still allow all of the other stuff you want to eat. That's what intuitive eating is. You give your body what it needs and what it wants. Um, and so I, I started to prioritize, again, in the healthiest way that I could imagine or try to do. I said, okay, I want to prioritize nutritiously dense foods without being like crazy about it. And I don't. I don't say crazy to diminish the the genuine struggle that diet culture forces upon us as a society. I don't mean like I'm crazy or it's crazy or whatever, but I just I would get so obsessive about food always anytime I tried to put a focus on nutrition. So for the last month or so, I've been navigating this. And for the first few weeks, I really I mean I honestly only ate nutritiously dense foods and I really kept anything else to a minimum and I didn't feel restricted. And I just was like, okay, like my body starting to feel better. I'm really giving it the fuel that it wants. And then boom, I like had a birthday party and there was birthday cake. And I was like, I'm gonna get down on the birthday cake. And then I kind of started to obsess about the birthday cake. And then I was like, hold on, like, let's chill. So it's a journey, like all that to say, it's still a freaking journey. But the principles that I try to live by are permission to eat, just full permission to eat, legalize all foods. It's okay to value nutrition. It is okay to want to fuel my body with the things that make it genuinely feel good. It is also okay to fuel my body with the things that are not nutritiously dense and they are nutritiously dense for the soul. I suppose I don't know. Maybe that's creating a a moral issue with food, also. I don't know. I'm just a human being doing my best, Um, and all that to say, like that's my journey. That's where I'm at. I am in a place where I'm trying to figure out how to balance eating nutritious foods while also being able to eat not nutritious foods and eat cookies and eat fast food. And where's the line? And is there a line? And and can I really trust my body to? Put the things in my body in the amounts that it needs and not worry about it. And my body will find its natural weight set point or not, like, or whatever. And it it shouldn't matter. And we shouldn't talk about people's bodies. We shouldn't praise weight loss or weight gain. We are like, we shouldn't praise weight loss. We shouldn't devalue weight gain. Like we shouldn't be commenting on people's bodies, like point blank period. Had people not been so ador like adoring my weight loss so much, I don't know. I'd probably still be right where I am, but it would I don't know. That was problematic. It created a real big problem. Um, and I'm guilty of doing it. Oh, my gosh. Like my parents got on this most recent health kick, and they've stuck to it for like two years, and they like my mom went from like, I don't know, like a size eighteen to like a size two. And I praise the crap out of her. I just i everyone commends her discipline and she's done it. And it's like, you know what? She's probably more obsessed with food now than she used to be and and it's so difficult because and and it's difficult when I talk to her because she really is like I just prioritized my health first but I don't know what's going on in her head I would love to believe and hope that it really is nutritionally based and she feels good and she allows herself um all kinds of foods I know that's not really the case um but but that that's her business that's her journey but yeah you have to stop commenting on people's bodies um and that's not me saying, like, you have to. I'm just like, we as a society, we need to stop. And that's, that's where I'm at. And hopefully in the weeks to come, um, I will be able to upload more podcasts and talk about more intuitive eating issues and diet culture and other people's experiences. I would really, I'm really i really going to try to get my friend on here who did go to um, eating disorder treatment and her journey and be able to ask her some some really hard-hitting questions. Um, So yeah, thanks for tuning in, and have a great day. Catch you later.